Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Good evening and welcome to Monday Night Bible Study and Ancestry Presence. This is Lashana. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, Prophet Bob, would you like to open us up in prayer? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I repented earlier, God, but I could have made a mistake. I could be holding something that I might not even know I've done wrong today. I'm asking you to forgive me. Wash me, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> In the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Father, we gather here tonight, O oh God, that the Holy Spirit will have free reign tonight. For it's not by might nor by power, but by your Spirit, saith God. And I know, Father, your word says you watch over your word and you perform it. And so tonight, Father, do what you do best. You sent your word and you healed God's people. Tonight we're going to hear a word that is so deep that it could deliver and set the captives free tonight. And Father, do what you do best. Do great miracles and exploits that your heavenly Father will get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. We thank you for Simple Words Ministry. We thank you for Pastor Maureen Chen and every member that's gathered here tonight. We've come to glorify you, to hear what you have to say to us in the deep things of God. Open our ear gates, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, to hear what the Holy Spirit is about to say to us tonight. Let the anointing flow on the prayer call in the name of Jesus, and let the Holy Spirit rest upon God's people tonight, for we give you the glory and the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. Again, welcome to Monday Night Bible Study and Ancestral Presence. This is Lashana, and welcome to Simple Words Ministry. Um, Simple Words Ministry on nine times a week, starting with, of course, um, on Sundays at 9 p.m. Uh, with Pastor Marie Tim for the Sunday Word. Uh, Mondays at noon with Prophet's Corner with Prophet Bob Propri. Monday nights at 9 p.m., which are all here for Bible study in intercessory prayer with Elder June Malcolm. Uh, Tuesdays at 8.30 with Jeremiah Generation with Sister Kamisha from the island of Jamaica. On Wednesdays, we're standing in the gap at 7.14. Uh, we stand in the gap for one another, for our country, and for our nation, and those and wherever the Holy Spirit leads us to pray, we pray. Um, and we pray without ceasing. On Wednesday nights, 
we're on for our praise and testimony service at 9 p.m. Thursdays, we're walking through the Word with Sister Nyoka. And also on Fridays, we have our flagship Fridays. We have our flagship service where we're fire on the wire at midnight. Because it's when Paul and it was because it was at midnight when Paul and Silas prayed, and well, you know the rest. And of course, we have our Saturday noonday inspiration hour with <clears throat> with Sister Monica Hold a Little. Uh, all our times are Eastern Standard Time, so adjust according to your time zone. Um, amen. So I'm going to open up the line tonight for praise reports and testimonies. Well, I want to give God all the glory, honor, and praise tonight. Hallelujah. I anointed my mailbox. Probably when I posted it maybe a couple months ago on Facebook, that everybody anoint your mailboxes, God was going to send blessings. I think I got maybe like five people at the most that said that occurred and it happened. Well, I want to thank the Lord today for the two blessings that we got in the mail today. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So I, I just want to thank the Lord for the two mailbox blessings today. God bless Amen. Amen. Um, the line is open for uh testimonies and praise support. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you, Minister Lashana. I just wanna give a praise report. Um and last Monday night, I asked for, actually asked for a question in regards to one of my church sisters, um, son, in regards to and um, a vision that I had gotten and all of that. And um, we had injured, um, um, encouraged that I prayed. I just want to report to that that um, he's no longer in the hospital. He's home. You know, the bullet is still in his lung, but, I mean, the good thing, he's home. So I prayer works, and if he wasn't well enough to go home, then I don't think the doctors would send him home. So I just want to give God thanks and praise, and, you know, thanks for the prayers and the the ones that uh, were on that um, um, agreed with the, the when I was praying. So I'm just going to give God thanks and give God praise that you know that Prayer still works, and you know, as the Bible says, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. You know, whenever there's at times when circumstances come over, all we have to do is pray. You know, standing together for each other, standing, and then you know, God just watch God work. So I just want to report that victory testimony tonight that he is out of the hospital, hospital, and I give God thanks and I give God praise, and I know that you know God will continue to do the finished work on this gentleman that I know that there will be glory after this. So God bless you all. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. God is awesome. And we all Amen. can give him praise. We are, we know who God and who he is and who we serve. Amen. Um, one more. I got time for one more testimony. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. One more. 
Okay. Well, I want to say I just want to give God thanks and honor and glory because um, he didn't have to wake us up, but he did. You know, we can always say God is who he is. He stands on his word to perform it. Amen. And I know we may not physically say a testimony, but we know each and every one of us can testify that we woke up this morning, that he is coming to safe from incidents and accidents. So I got to give God praise. Amen. 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 Elder June, are you on the line? Elder June? Mm. Elder June, are you on mute? Elder June, Elder June, Elder June? I connected her. Okay. Um... Prophetess Tasha said she was trying to speak. I couldn't hear her. I couldn't hear her. Um, try again, Prophetess Tasha. I can't hear her. No, me neither. Is Skype connected? I, I mean, talk to you? Should, should be right, Sister Andrea? Yeah, talk to connected because I heard him when the recording came on. Yeah, I heard I heard it. There's four participants. Let's just see what's going on in there. I'm going in. Yeah, it's connected. Oh, Prophetess Tasha, you're um checked your computer connection. I see I see that you're com you're connected via your your computer. Make sure that your speaker is on on your computer. Praise the Lord. Can you all hear me? Yeah, uh, I can yes. hear you now. And I can hear you. I can, uh, Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. Can I testify now or no? Please? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I want to thank God today um, for his supernatural strength. Um, it's just been a... Um, awesome, productive, uh, long day, but I bless God for his strength. Um, I want to testify tonight. Um, some of you may remember uh, around October, Pastor was um, praying on the line, and she began to mention um, about praying for dinners, for pre- prevention and intervention. And um, today, um, that exact situation came to pass. And um, God just intervened, and he just uh, prevented um, a a situation on his behalf. Um, So I want to bless God for his faithfulness. Um, I want to bless God um, that he's still answering prayers. Um, I remember what Minister Andrew was just saying, and the prayers of the
he's a speaker. No, you, you know, he's, he's God, so I just speak. Um, Prophet Bob? Yes, ma'am. Are you hearing me now? We hear you, but we want, uh, we're we're trying to wait for Prophetess Tasha. Okay, so hold on. We can't hear you right now, Prophetess Tasha. Can't hear you, Prophetess Tasha. I think she's trying. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Maybe we can grab her after the teaching? Yes. Prophetess Tasha, we're gonna hold we're gonna get back to your testimony again after after this after the lesson this uh this evening. Amen. 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 Um, Elder June, I hear Elder June online, so we are in for a treat this evening. So let us prepare our hearts and our minds for the study at hand. Amen. Amen. Uh Father God, right now wash me in your son's precious blood. Forgive me of my sins, deeds, thoughts, and actions. Anything is not of you, I do honestly repent. And I receive your forgiveness in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Father God, you are our Father, our El Shaddai, and our Elohim, and we give you praise tonight, Father God. Father God, we thank you tonight that once again we could come humbly yet boldly before your throne of grace, Father God. And tonight, Father God, I lift up I lift up simple words ministry unto you, Father God. We lift this line up to you, Father God. Holy Spirit, have your way in here tonight, oh have your way in here, Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you tonight. We bless you tonight. We shabak you tonight because there is no one like you. See, God, we know you sit high, but you look low. We know that you take care of your children daily, Father God. And we give you praise. I lift up, I lift up, I lift up Pastor Marie Chen to you, Father God, daily to you, Father God. Yes, and Father God, we thank you for the blessing that's coming her way, Father God. And we just got to give you praise tonight, Father God. And I lift up LG Malcolm up to you, Father God. As she go forth, Father God, let she totally decrease and you increase in her, Father God. And, Father God, tonight we thank you for this lesson that's coming ahead, Father God. We thank you because it's good food, Father God. We thank you that it's going to nourish our mind, our hearts, and our souls tonight, Father God. We thank you tonight that it's going to correct us, going to set us free, O oh Lord, and give us the dimension of freedom in you, Father God. And so tonight we give you praise tonight. And, Father God, we thank you that tonight... We bind the enemy tonight, Father God. There will be no distractions. There yes. will be no distractions from the enemy, Father God. Our hearts will be, our hearts and our minds shall be set upon you, Father God. And that we do because we know it's going to be all in your glory. So we give you all the honor and all your praise. And I pray this prayer in no other name, but just yes, Lord. Amen. 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 June, the line is Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, woman of God. Glory to God. Good night. Good night, everyone. So, so glad to be here again. Hallelujah. Good night, Elder. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good night. <laughs> I was I was just um just earlier trying to, to become technical. Um 
technicality is not one of my um, my strengths, and um, I wasn't very successful. But <laughs> I was there yeah, puttering around with these um, with these programs on the computer to to make certain that um, I understand them better because <laughs> I think. I think my time is coming up where I'm going to have to um, pull on all stops and, 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 and do something. So God bless you all. Thank you all for being here. And um, Pastor Marine saying thank you for connecting me tonight. I greet you all in Jesus' name. Welcome. Um, God bless you. Praise God. I give special honor to the presence and the spirit of God um, amongst us. Hallelujah. I give recognition to Dr. Carter and Tracy, my pastor and bishop, and Pastor Naomi Tracy. Um, the watchers of my soul in um, in the kingdom of God. I I greet the overseer, Dr. Rocker, and um, both male and female, Dr. Benjamin and Dr. Angela, um, for their for their position in this ministry, and for all the ministers that God has has found fit to put this very unique ministry to together. Hallelujah, glory to God. I think Saint Word Ministry. As, as already, I was going to say it's making, but I think it has, it has already set a precedent. Hallelujah, glory to God for um, cyberspace search. Hallelujah, glory to God, and um, we just give God thanks for that. That um, it is a pioneer to let others know that God has given us all these all these tools that we can apply for His. his apply to spread the gospel and apply to the, the, the building up of his kingdom. Pastor Marine said, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless, bless you. you. The Lord bless you that you went ahead. And um, I know many are going to follow after you. You're going to show them that it can be done. Mm-hmm. And, and so the enemy think that he is, he, he actually is the king of the, of the air, but he's not. Um, there's, a, there's a scripture that says he's the prince of the power of the air, and you kind of misinterpret that and think that... Um, he can do any and everything he wants in the atmosphere, but he does not. He doesn't. He doesn't own the earth in any way, shape, or form. And the um, the assertion that he's a prince of the power of the air doesn't mean that he is king of the air, mm-hmm. and that what, whatever is done on the airways is, is up to him. No, it doesn't simply mean that um, because he's a spirit and he has um, the power of flight, he's able to distort certain things as 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 we see sometimes on this program, right? But mm-hmm. the more of us the more of us that's in it that's in the, the, the airways, that's on the airways, the more the more of the children of God, the sons of God that's on the airways, it's it's the less space that the enemy will have to do his business. So we're just gonna rejoice when others just rise up and um and fill all the airspace with the word of God that the enemy have no room. And no place in Jesus' name. Um, before I begin my my lesson tonight, I just want to pray. Hallelujah! If you all pray with me, glory in Jesus' name, Amen. glory to God. The Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you tonight, and I thank you for sparing our lives and for bringing us bringing us here tonight. We have started a new year. Hallelujah! And many folks, um, both secular and um, theological. Um, ministers, they, they, many people have their take on what this year might mean and what it might be and what it might accomplish. Hallelujah. And so tonight we're just giving you thanks. Hallelujah. Glory to God that you know exactly 
what 2017 means. And not only do you know what 2017 means, you know exactly what you want from us. You know what you know what you want us to produce. You know what you have equipped us to 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 output. And so tonight we just want to join together and and say that we agree with you, even although your your detailed plan is not revealed to us ahead of time. Sometimes it's just right in the moment that you you let us see and let us know. But we we trust you. We trust you, God. We trust you. Yes, Lord. So we're just blessing you that yes, Lord. this year you have determined that it's going to be a great year. And um, as you have put it in Pastor Marine's heart, that we're going to see breakthroughs like we have never seen um, before. Yes, and, God. And we, and we just bless you for that and we glorify you. And we want to ask you about to keep us in the right place at all times, that we will not miss your voice, we will not miss any of your manifestations, we will not miss anything that you might want to say or do through us. We just want to be active in the kingdom of God. So we bless you that yes, you Lord. are always, you, you, have, you have already set in place the antidote for our sins. Yes. And you have already taught us how to pray. And you have already let us know that you're always available. Hallelujah. And we can call upon you at any time. Hallelujah. And we can confess our sins at any time. And we can ask you to make allowances for us. And your divine favor is just wonderful. So tonight, I want to say, God, that we are expecting great things for 2017. We are expecting great things from you. And so we bless you and we give you thanks. Yeah. Speak to us tonight. Yes, Lord. Let us know who we are. Yes. Hallelujah. And that we will begin to prepare ourselves to manifest, manifest you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Glory to God. I'm going to read um, Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21. And um, that's just the text that the Lord wants me to read beforehand. And I'll see how it measures up with my, my lesson. <laughs> it's not a part of my lesson. That's what the Lord wants me to read. So Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21 says, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Okay. Glory to God. Uh, We've been looking at um, God through the definition of, of, of sonship. Okay, we're studying monotheism, and um, we see where God manifested himself um, in in flesh and partook of flesh and blood like the man that he had created and um, walked on the earth as a, as a son. And um, we know him by the name of Jesus the Christ. And so we've been looking at the manifestation manifestation of Jesus Christ as son. And and the reason why we're looking is I could cheat and say because the Lord wants us to know, but that would be cheating. <laughs> but the reason the reason why we're looking um is is because Jesus is our example um as a son of God. And he's our example as sons of God. And um the Bible let us know that all that God 
performed in Jesus or Jesus Lady Foundation. Um, for all at Jesus Lady Foundation, we who are members of his body or members of the Church of Jesus Christ, we are expected to um, fulfill all that Jesus um, lay out um, in the foundation of the church while he was here. And there are some things that could not be done in the, gener- in the dispensation that Jesus was on the earth. Um, the time for those things are now. And so we never saw Jesus in the flesh. He was here 2,000 years ago. But he has given us, given us of his spirit. And so by his spirit, we're supposed to, we're required to know what, what, is, what it is that the Father wants to get done. Because anything that the Father does on the earth, he always does it through a son. Uh, and he always does it for, for his son. Even when he got to creating the earth in the beginning, he did it in the form of a son, as we, as we, as we studied in Colossians 1 and 2 previously. Um, and God just wanted to make certain. And, and to, to talk about God like this might seem like he's not the Almighty, but he is. Um, he is the Almighty, but in a very practical, practical God gets very practical at times. And so because he was creating the earth for his son, then he um, assumed the nature of a son while he was creating the earth. And I said, why why would you need to do that since you know everything? And he said, because I am real and I, I am practical and you are not almighty and I have to teach you. And I'm teaching you by example. So um, I took the, the time to go through that process. And so I know that if God took the time to go through the process of um, thinking like a son and acting like a son, just to make certain that um, he didn't miss anything that we might need as sons, then it let me know, too, that I have to um, think like a son and act like a son. And if I do that, then I will, one of these days, I will be perfected in the image of my, my Father in heaven. And so tonight we're looking at Jesus. We, we started last week, we look at Jesus as the Son of Man. And I had intended last week to just pack everything that I, I think I wanted to say about that role um, as the Son of Man into last week's lesson. And, and then when I was studying and preparing this week, the Holy Ghost wanted to continue a little bit deeper on that, um, on that topic. Because you all know that when I inter- introduce a, a segment on, on the program or do a, a module or a lesson, you all know it's all basic stuff. It's all surface stuff. It's, it's, it's information and scriptures to get you to become a digger, um, a seeker. And, and go off on your own and, and, and check at least to see if what I said was true and right and then to find out for yourself what the Lord wanted you to find out. So I um I tried to I tried to pack as much tributaries in each lesson, um uh, according to the different types of personality of the members who might be listening. 
to give everybody uh, interest in starting point. So when the Lord says, no, you have to take that a little bit deeper, then I'm thinking maybe there is somebody who required more, and, and the Lord is so gracious to give us what we require. So tonight I'm going to look at the role of the Son of Man a little bit more deeply, and I am going to try to to do that in less than one hour so that I can introduce the, the other sonship that I that's in my notes to go on to. Okay, so we're going to look, we're going to read, I'm going to look at Ezekiel, and um, I'm going to look at Ezekiel in a, a little bit in depth, because it is in Ezekiel that the term son of man first appeared as a title. But before, um, before Ezekiel, before Ezekiel, we, we, um, we did see the term son of man, but it wasn't a title. It it was just it just simply meant um, male child, male children, offspring, male offspring of a biological biological parent. And so the male the male offspring of biological parent they're called sons. So it's a son of man. It's a man child that was born from um, human beings. And um, the, counter, the counterpart to male children are sons or daughters. And so when we usually see the term previously, that's what we, that's what we took it to mean. So I am going to read you a few texts. And um, hallelujah. I'm just going to pray the Lord for me. Somebody opened on my door. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name. We bless you. We glorify you. First one is at home. Yeah. Well, glorify you. We bless you. Praise your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to look at um, Ezekiel chapter 1. I'm going to look at Ezekiel a bit. If you follow, follow through with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God. Okay, so Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 1 says, Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Shebar, that the heavens were open and I saw visions of God. And I'm just going to tell you in each verse what I want you to to, to take note of, and then I'll go back and 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 string it, string, string them together in a logical logical way to make sense. So the term in verse one is um, visions of God. The heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. And we skip down to verse three. I don't want to read the whole thing through. So the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest. And we just want you to note that Ezekiel was a priest. So the priest, and then the last clause says, and the hand of the Lord was upon him. Glory to God. And then from verse 4, all the way down to about um, verse 20, um, that does describe a vision that Ezekiel saw. 
So we could skip we could skip through all of those verses. You could read them on your own to see what he saw. Because what Ezekiel saw um are not natural things. In those verses, the imagery that he saw and and um what the Lord showed him, they're not every they're not everyday normal things that you will see on the earth. And so um you just have to know that as sons of God you are in that position that God will open up the heavens unto you and will just show you things that are unearthly. Hallelujah. So you as a son of God, you you can you can function in in both um the earthly domain and the spiritual domain or the earthly domain and the heavenly domain at the same time. That's what those verses mean. So uh, we verse twelve though Verse 12 says, let me read verse 12. And they went, everyone straight forward, whither the spirit was to go. They went and they turned not when they went. So that verse let you know that as a son of God, you're able to understand spiritual things. Even if they're strange, um, you don't wonder. You don't have to wonder what you mean. Um, You're in a position to understand um, what God is doing and, and, and whatever it is that God shows you or however God speaks to you, you're able to, to understand. So verse 20, over to verse 20, so it says, whithersoever the spirit was to go, they went, there was, was their spirit to go, and the wheels were lifted up over against them for the spirit of the living creature uh, were in the wheels. And if you jump down to verse 24, it says, and when they went, I heard the noise of their wings, like the noise of great waters, as the voice of the Almighty, the voice of speech, as the noise of a host. When they stood, they let down their wings. And I wanted to note in that verse, the voice of the Almighty. Glory to God. And so jump over to verse 28. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain, so was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the lightness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face, and I heard a voice of one that spake unto me. I wanted to, I wanted to take note of the glory of the Lord, and that I heard, uh, I heard a voice. Glory to God. So we're going to jump over to Ezekiel 20, chapter 2. Just continue in chapter 2, um, verse 1. And you'll see in chapter 2, verse 1, the word um, speaks with God. Okay? Speaks with God. You could underline speak with God. And, and in verse 2, you could underline, okay, let me read verse 2 and then I'll tell you what to underline. Verse 2 says, And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me and set me upon my feet, and I heard him that spake unto me. Uh, what I wanted to take note in that verse, that um, as Son of God, your physical mortal body houses the spirit of God. So you're you're no longer mere mortal. And that is why there's a nice little song that starts by saying, I am only human. Um and I don't sing it that way, because I am not only human. My 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 body houses the spirit of God. If you notice in verse two, um, the word spirit is written with a common S. 
um, it's not a capital S, although it is speaking about the Spirit of God. It's written with a common S. So Elder June, in mine, it's a, it's a capital S. In your Bible for capital S, are you using the King James Version? The New King James. The New King James? Yeah. And it's a capital S? Yeah. Okay. In the King James, the original King James, it is not a capital S. I don't, I don't mind them making it a capital S. Uh, and I'll, I'll, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to comment on both, why, why it originally was with a common S. It was with a common S originally because uh, when, Ezekiel, when Ezekiel got this vision and interacted with the Lord in this way, the Lord was mindful to let Ezekiel know because of who, of who Ezekiel had to minister to and, who, and what was required, what Ezekiel needed or God needed to come out of those folks, that he wasn't going to overwhelm them and let him believe that he was this unreachable being that they can reach and that, and that they had to possess um, some sort of special quality before they could um, turn unto him. And, and so God condescended in, these, in, in this verse where it's written with a common S. It shows that God condescended just so that is, is, um, the folks to whom Ezekiel had to minister, it was Israel who had gone into apostasy and they were, they were you know, in captivity. By the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, because they had become such unbelievers, they were they were so lacking in spiritual understanding that even when God found Ezekiel and was able to prepare Ezekiel and send Ezekiel to to speak to Israel and try to get Israel to return unto Him, the the language of God was so. Um, delicate and so peculiar, um, God, God made certain that he didn't frighten, frighten the Israelites uh, and, and let them believe that returning to him or coming to him was impossible. And, and so that's why the term that, the term that um, Ezekiel used to write that it was the spirit of the Lord he was dealing with, he used a term that... Um, was common, was common to the Israelites, meaning that um, your spirit is able to function in this, in this way. In, in, in the same way that this spirit that I'm dealing with functions, your spirit. We all have a spirit, and our spirit um, is able to function on par with, with this spirit that I'm talking about, the spirit of God. And, 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 the, and the reason why it's written in common then is just to give them the idea that you can be on par. You can can relate. You can communicate. Um, God is not making Himself unreachable by you. He's quite reachable. But I think the folks now in the New King James, understanding that it is the Spirit of the Lord that Ezekiel was going by, I think they just overlooked the um the weakness and the inadequacies of the of the people that Ezekiel had to minister to naturally, and just took it out of context and just let us know in these days that it is the spirit of the Lord he's, um, Ezekiel was dealing with. Because I think it confused some folks and says if that was the spirit of the Lord, why is it written in a common S? And so I think the New King James folks will help on that thought 
wrote it with like, the capital letter. But in the context, in the original context, it was God condescending. It was God bringing himself to a place where the weakest of the Israelites um, could relate to him and, and, and know that um, he is there for them and that he's not unreachable. Glory to God. Um, I will keep it in the original um, grammatical style. Um, I just take some explanation. Somebody asks you if it's God, why is it written in a common S? Because God is supposed to be a capital S. Yes, he is. But sometimes, not sometimes. I think all the time God is mindful of our weaknesses. And so he will, he will, um, he will help. He will help our infirmities. Um, he can be touched with our weaknesses and he will help our infirmities. So all throughout Ezekiel, the first chapters of Ezekiel, you see when he said the Spirit took me up, it is the Spirit of the Lord. It is God Almighty. But, but um, it's spoken of and signified in a way to let the, the hearers, which was Israel, um, under, understand, to let them understand that God is here for you. He's not far from you. He, he understands you and he can bear with you. And so you will see the word here and forbear because that's what God was trying to impart to Israel at that time. Okay? Um, glory to God. I'm glad I brought that up because I wasn't certain if anybody have a, have a capital S in, in, in their Bible, what they, what they want. So, um, so we skip to verse 3. Ezekiel 2, verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me. They had, they and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day. And um, you see how gracious God is. Like this verse really brings out to what degree God will go to meet us meet us where we are at. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I just finished the verses that they're rebellious. And God was speaking to a nation that had rebelled against him. And I'm, and I'm here telling you that even in that state of rebellion and separateness from God, um, God did not say, well, you know, they got themselves in that position. I had, I, I had fulfilled my role. I was fulfilling my role. I was standing as God Almighty. They choose to disobey. Now they're in the problem where they're in. Let them deliver themselves. God didn't say that. God even came down and, and signified himself in such a lowly way that he signified himself with a common letter um, just so that these folks were, because if they're in captivity and they're in rebellion and they're stiff-necked and, Everything else that the Bible says about Ezekiel said about them at that time, God said about them. They weren't really in a position to understand any great spiritual truths or to come to any great spiritual standing. So if there's going to be redemption and restoration and reconciliation, which is the duty of the Son of Man, the, the, the duty of the Son of Man, the role, the role of the Son of Man is um, reconciliation, is, a, is to be a reconciler. So if God is going to reconcile, and I am in a place where I can't even stand up and walk towards him, 
then he's just going to have to come towards me um, if there's going to be reconciliation, if there's going to be redemption, because I can't help myself. I can't come towards him. So he has to come towards me. And so that was what God did. Hallelujah, Lord. Although they were the ones that got themselves in trouble, but that was what God, that was what God did. And um, as soon as I get through these verses, I'll, I'll, I, as I said, I'll string it all together for us and just show, show, I'll show you what God is doing here that we can fulfill our role um, as sons of, son, as a son of man. So Ezekiel 2, verse 3, um, you see where it says, and in, in also chapter 8, verse 11, you could skip over chapter 8, verse 11, and, and chapter 2, verse 3 here, it says that, um, and he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me, they and their fathers, have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. So Ezekiel, as son of man, is transcending generations. Um, not only is he, is he dealing with what is happening currently before his eyes in the current generation, but he is going to the root of the matter. Where did this start? Um, how did we get here? Um, because if we get to the root of the matter, then we can correct it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so we see um, Ezekiel as the son of man transcending generations. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's able to go out of the generation where he is and then come back again to where he is to correct what the problem is here. But the problem didn't start here. The problem started in the previous generation. But you, so you can't correct it just here because the children here, they don't even know what hit them. Um, somebody has to go back into time. Hallelujah. Go back into the history and, 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 and get it right. So as a, as, as a son of God, you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to, we call it troubleshooting in, in the marketplace. You need to be able to go back and find the root of the matter if we're going to do a correction. And that is the work and the duty of the Son of God, because the Son of God is a reconciler. He comes to reconcile. So let's look at some more examples, and then we'll, we'll, we'll tie it all in, as I said. So verse 4, Ezekiel 2, verse 4, I, I love the book of Ezekiel 4. This is, it is just so plain and, and, and straight for those of us who, who are called to understand this sort of spiritual truth. So verse 4 says, For they are impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus said the Lord God. <laughs> That's dangerous to send somebody to go speak to a house like that and say, Thus said the Lord God. So this, as, a son of, as a son of man, you have to speak God's word. You have to speak as God. You have to speak in the person of God. Because a nation that is so um, far away from God, flesh and blood cannot redeem. Flesh and blood cannot reach. Flesh and blood cannot touch. I, I think if um, flesh and blood try to touch at that time, it will do more damage. And, and sometimes 
sometimes I would listen to a well-meaning, I'm going to say well-meaning, I'm, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt. A well-meaning minister wants to reconcile somebody who have backslidden uh, and, and, and the way they go about it, the person became more backslidden than when they tried to correct him. The person became further away from God and said, okay, if that is the case, I definitely won't have anything to do with church people. I definitely will not go back to church. I definitely will not even try to seek God. So um, <laughs> reconcile, I have this very delicate job. Um, so delicate, I'm going to go back and repeat myself, so delicate that God himself had to condescend. God couldn't stay um, separate. He couldn't stay far away. He couldn't stay in the heavens on his throne and do this. He had to come down to where they were at. So if, 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 if I am going to reconcile somebody who, for whatever reason, have strayed away from God, I, I couldn't do it in any other spirit, but a spirit to say to that person who is struggling to stay saved, I understand your, where you're at. I understand your weakness. I understand your pain. I understand your trouble. I, and, and, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to take all of that from you, and, and I'm going to allow you to stand up. And so the Lord is demonstrating to Ezekiel. Um, at the same time, he is giving Ezekiel his um, instructions, how to go to the people. He's demonstrating to, to, to Ezekiel how, he, how he, he had to do it. So that by the time Ezekiel got to the people, he would be effective. He would be firm, but he would be strong. Hallelujah, glory to God. He would be very definitive, but he would still have love because Ezekiel would have understood um, their weakness at the time. So, Ezekiel, so verse 5 says, let me read verse 5, glory to God. And they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there has been a prophet among them. So even although the, the folks, some will not hear, no matter what you do to save some folks, they will just not be saved. But even the ones who are so rebellious that they refuse to be corrected, because you are so representative of the Spirit of God, they can't help but know for certain. That means they're left without an excuse because they will know for certain that you're, you're real, you're the real thing, the real McCoy, you're a real prophet. So they would just have to make a decision that although you're a real prophet and although you're sent by God, you're the son of man, I still don't want to have anything to do with you. But they will not be able to claim ignorance. If you fulfill your role properly as a son of man, they will not be able to to, to claim ignorance because you're going to make it so plain and straight. Um, glory to God. So son of man only speak what God says. They don't make up stories. Um, they only speak what God tells them to speak because um, if they do anything, otherwise they're going to destroy more than more than build up, more than bless. They're going to kill more than give life. Um, glory to God. So. Um, even if the people resist you, though, they will still know that you're a prophet. So according to verse 6, Ezekiel 2, verse 6, sons of God are bold. They're fearless. Um, according to verse 8, they are separate and apart from the rebellious masses that they're ministering to. Um, the Bible said, come out from among them and be separate. 
So some of us, were, we are scared. I am anyways. <laughs> of folks saying, obviously, that you're always acting so holy, holy, and acting as if you're better than us. And, and, and so because we don't want somebody to say that to us, that we're acting like we're goody two-shoes, we tend to sort of um, try to um, camouflage or lower our um, position in Christ. But as a son of man, you can't do that. As a son of man, um, you're going to have to stand there as a real living, breathing example to let these people know that um, you need to get out of the place where you're at. That's not where you belong. And um, if you think all hope is lost and all hope is lost and God doesn't care about us, here I am. I'm standing here amongst you. So I just took away all your excuses. Now, that sounds like you're um, exhausting yourself and you're boasting. And you would be exhausting and boasting if it's not the Lord who set you in that position, if it's not the Lord who, who, who gave you that assignment. If you just put it upon yourself, then you're boasting. But if the Lord who gave you the assignment, then you have to be that firm and that strong in your, in your, in your position. So... Verses 9 and 10 says, And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein, and he spread it before me, and it was written within and without, and there was a written lamentation and mourning and woe. So here, God is laying out to, to the Son of Man exactly where the children of Israel all right, so he doesn't have to imagine. He doesn't have to guess. He doesn't even have to imagine what to say. He doesn't have to imagine the attitude he's supposed to take. He doesn't have to imagine anything at all. The Lord is telling the Son of Man, directing, educating, guiding the Son of Man exactly how he needs to be to meet the needs of the people. Um, at this point, they're broken and they're damaged. And you just have to know how to go in and pick them up firmly, but still delicately. Um, glory to God. Strongly, but still tenderly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's difficult to maintain the two positions at the same time. It's, 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 it's a paradox. Hallelujah. Um, strong and firm yet tender. How, how can I do that? Um, because if, if I'm not strong, then I might drop somebody and break them the more. If I'm not firm, they might think I'm just joking and they won't even allow themselves to be picked up. So, and then they're going to end up in a place that the Bible calls Lodibar, which will make it worse than how it was before. So we, we jump over to Ezekiel chapter 3, and let's jump all the way down to verse 3. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Ah, So with all the stuff that's written on the scroll that is Painful and harsh. God is allowing the Son of Man to absorb all of that um, without the burden of it. 
for in his mouth it is it is sweet. Now St. John 15 verse 7 says that if his word abide in you and you abide in his word, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. So the imagery that the Lord gave to Ezekiel um, here is him actually eating the word of God. And so if you're going to be a son of man, that's what you need to do. You need to eat of the word of God. Glory to God. And sometimes when we see the stuff that's written in the word of God, um, yes, it, it, is, it can be very painful um, what God has to say to us. It can be very, I said sometimes I, I don't like every scripture in the Bible. I accept every scripture and I agree with every scripture. It is, it is the word of God and I understand that. But I don't like all of the scriptures. Some of them are very painful scriptures. Um, some scriptures written in the Bible about the children of God, they're very painful. Um, they're not very, um, um, they, don't, they don't recommend the church very highly. Um, like the one that says the children of this world in their generation are wiser than the children of light. Like, that's a very painful scripture. Because if, if we are light and we are son of man, how is it then that those who are in darkness are wiser than we are? So, so that's not a very nice scripture that, that, will, that will cause my belly to sort of mm, roll again. But um, I am going to have to take the scripture as it, as it is written unto me and then work, work it through my system or work my way through it. So that in the end, in the end of it, the um, the negative message that is in it does not come true. It doesn't mean that every scripture in the Bible has to come true unto us. God does show us both sides. Um, as long as man, we understand that. God, God shows us both sides, and he will show us um, the negative side to educate us that we know what we're up against if we are not found in the right place. So that scripture is one of those scriptures. God don't put it there to say that the children in the church are foolish and the children out in the world are wiser than us. And, and that's how he wants it to be. That's not how he wants it to be. He's just telling us how it will be if we do not function in our rightful place. But that's not what he wants. That's not what he decrees. That's what will happen. That's a result of what will happen if we don't stand in our rightful place. And so God calls us to know in order for us to act, act properly or act rightly or act according to his word and according to his, his will. So chapter 3, verse 4 says that as a son of man, you're going to be sent to your own people. Son of man are not sent on foreign missions to do this. You're not, you're not intimate enough with foreigners. You're not familiar enough with foreigners. When you go on foreign missions, you go to tell them the good news of the gospel, no matter how sinful they might be, no matter how wretched that nation might be. Uh, you don't go to tell them off about their false gods. And you don't go to um, put them in any duress that for generations they've been serving followers. If you do that in foreign land, they're going to stone you or you up someplace. 
you go in to let them know that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not in comparison to their gods, whatever they're serving. Jesus Christ is just Lord of the entire earth. And so he has sent me to let you know this good news that um, he loves you and that he cares for you. And so that's why you say, folks, and for I mentioned there, I was like, well, God loves you, the love of God, the love of God, the love of God. Um, and foreign missions and domestic missions are two completely different things. Um, glory to God. So the Son of Man is sent to his own people. He's not sent on a foreign mission. He's sent to the people that he grew up amongst. He understands their language. He understands their ways. So that when he speaks, they can't say he's guessing. And um, because he will be speaking the truth from experience. And so that's what we see in Ezekiel 3, verse 4. Um, on foreign missions, prophets do not rebuke on foreign missions. On foreign missions, practice, um, prophets embrace um, glory of God and prophets eat the same food of those people, even if that food is going to make you sick. So I ask the Lord, don't send me on foreign missions in certain places because I am very peculiar about what I eat. Even here in Canada, I don't eat a lot of things. Um, glory to God. So if the Lord sent me on foreign missions where they're going to try to give me frogs and to eat, I, I think I'm going to fast the entire time of the foreign mission because um, I, I, am not, <laughs> I am not familiar. I don't know if I'm going to do something different with my mindset. To let it happen. But prophets do not reduce and foreign missions. Prophets just simply spread good news. But when you're a son of man to your own people, you can rebuke as the Lord leads you to rebuke. Um, glory to God. So is verse 14, if you jump all the way down to verse 14, you will see a phenomenon that um, is in the book of Acts um, that you can travel in the spirit. You don't need horses and donkeys and camels and buggies and airplanes to get from one place to the next. If you're the son of man, this, the spirit of the Lord will just simply take you. Um, and that's in verse 14. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 3, verse 14. Um, is verse 15 and 16 let you know that as a son of man, you cannot speak hastily. You really have to wait upon the Lord and only speak what the Lord tells you to speak. Verse 17, let you know that um, as a son of man, you are equivalent to a watchman, a watcher, or a seer. Um, you, you see. And that's what the chapter started out by saying. I see Ezekiel saw that vision um, in heaven of those four creatures and, and the wheel. Uh, as, a, as, a, as a son of man, you see beyond the earth. See beyond what is natural. Um, you see what God is doing in the spirit. And, and the Lord can show you very difficult imagery, and you'll be able to understand what the Lord is saying because you, you see beyond the natural. Your, your knowledge is, is not rooted and set in what is natural. It is set in the realm of the spirit. If you skip over to Ezekiel chapter 6, um, verse 2, and Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 5, it will let you know that as a son of man or as a prophet or as a seer or as a watchman, you have to be filled with knowledge. You have to be sober. 
You have to be aware, you have to be fearless, and you have to be fearless. love. Glory to God. Ezekiel 3 verse 18 shows you that as a son of man, it's very easy. It's very, very easy to get in trouble with both God and man. Man, because they don't like what you're saying. They don't like your message. They don't like your mannerism. They don't like your attitude. They don't like you acting like you and God is some special body body. And, and, and they know where they're at. It's not that you're telling them where they're at. They, they know where they're at, and then you're acting like you're separate from them, so you'll get in trouble, you'll get in trouble with man. They will um, harden their face against you. And you can get in trouble with God just as easily because if you look at their faces and you can tell that they're not receiving you and they're not receiving your message, you might be tempted to water it down a bit, um, excuse their stiff neckedness, and so you'll get in trouble with God because you have to deliver the message exactly how God gave it to you. So as a man, you're in a very... Um, peculiar position um, between God and man. You're in a very peculiar position. You're in a very dangerous position. You can lose your life very easily. I mean your physical life. Very easily you can lose your life as a son of man. So Ezekiel 3 verse 20 um, cuts against a doctrine that is preached today. And I'm going to bring it up here because um, it's amazing that this spirit lingers on. And I'm just telling you what is in the verse that I wanted to pick out in the verse. I'm not reading them all because I'm trying to finish this. But please go and read read them because I'm giving you the verses. So Ezekiel 3 verse 20. There's a doctrine that's going around today that says once saved, always saved. Like you cannot backslide. Once you're with the Lord, you will always be with the Lord. Um, Ezekiel 3, verse 20, that you know that is not true. You can backslide. Um, Hebrews 11, verse 6, let's you know the same thing if you want to take it from the New Testament. Um, that is not true. You can backslide. You can turn away from God. You can turn away from your righteousness, and then whatever righteousness you had committed before you turn away, it has now become null and void because it is your end state that determines your relationship with the Lord. So verse 24 says, you need to know how to shut yourself away with the Lord. If you ever can function fully as the son of man and don't get in trouble with God, you could, you, you're always going to get in trouble with man. Mankind don't like what son of man has to say. <laughs> so you're always going to get in trouble with man. But if you, if you don't want to get in trouble with God, if you don't want to miss God, if you want to be on par with the message that God gives you to deliver, you're going to deliver it rightly then you need to know how to shut yourself away with God. You need to know how to shut out the world and actually lock yourself away with God so that, um, first of all, to check yourself. If you're fine with yourself, you don't want to be going, going about telling people that they're stiff-necked and they need to come back to the Lord if you yourself are not with the Lord properly. So you need to first check yourself. And then you need to make certain that you are hearing from God rightly and that the things that you're saying, it is actually that set the Lord. It is actually what God is telling you to say. You're not adding to it and you're not taking away. 
You're not taking away from it. Hallelujah. So verse 26 let you know that um, you cannot minister of yourself. You can only minister by God. Ezekiel 5 verse 1 says that you're your own living object lesson. Now what I mean by that is I just told you earlier that as the Lord was preparing Ezekiel to go and minister to the children of Israel, um, he was actually allowing Ezekiel to feel what the um, the effects of his message on the people. Exactly how his message was going to let the people feel, God made him feel it so he could identify with the people and so that he wouldn't become brutish. So that he can be touched with their weaknesses or their infirmity, and he wouldn't become brutish, and he wouldn't think himself higher than than what the Lord wanted him to think. Glory to God! So God allowed him to be his own object lesson. God processed everything through him, and so he could feel it in his own being. So when he went to minister to the people, then he would have the right amount of um, compassion. Ezekiel 8, verse 8 says, um, the Son of Man find the door, and the door is Christ. If we bring it over to the New Testament, the door is Christ. Uh, and there is a door. There is a door where people can walk out of apostasy and walk out of sin and walk out of condemnation and come back into life. And of all the sonships of Christ that is going to find that door, it is the Son of Man that is going to find that door. And the reason why it is the Son of Man that's going to find the door is because of what I just said. Um, they are feeling, although they are, they are the deliverer and they're the one bringing the message of deliverance, um, they are feeling the same pain that the, the people that they're trying to deliver is, is, is feeling. And so identifying with the people and having the advantage of being able to see God and see the glory of God and talk with God, then they can get the direction um, of to, to map out the straight path of deliverance so the Son of Man can find the door. Hallelujah. Through it, anybody else who wants to be delivered can walk and come through. Verse 17 in Ezekiel chapter 8 um, lets you know that as a Son of Man, you have the responsibility to judge, and you have the right to judge the people. Um, you're asked to judge the people. If you cannot judge the people, you cannot deliver them. Now, in these modern times, the role of the Son of Man still exists in the church amongst the sons of God. Not too many of us are walking in it or fulfilling it or taking up. It is a very hard role. Uh, we just like to think of ourselves as sons of God, but not son of man. Um, and that's because that's a, to be a son of man is a very hard, hard role um, to take. Glory to God. Um, but we're asked to judge. In these days, it is a very popular thing to say, don't judge me. You're not allowed to judge. You can't judge me. And, and, and so there is no judgment. Even in church these days. There's no discipline in church these days. Anybody can do anything they want to do in church these days. When I was unsaved, when I was a child and unsaved, I know people who had gone against the Lord and um, 
and were being punished by the church and to correct them so that they don't lose their soul. And, um, in these days in church, people, there's no such thing as correction in church anymore. There's no such thing as discipline in church. Um, there's no such thing as, what, what did they used to call it? Disfellowship. There's no thing as disfellowship. There's no, no such thing as putting somebody to sit down for a while until they, until they learn Christ. There's no such thing as taking somebody out of a role in an office until they learn to live up to their responsibility. The church has become like a little melting pot of everything, any and everything. And you just have to seek it out on your own how to stand with the Lord and how to stand with, with Christ. And um, if you don't know how to do that, you, you might have a very difficult time saying things. I don't mean staying a church goer. If, if I don't do anything else but put on my clothes and go to church, I am going to put on my clothes and go to church on Sunday morning or any time that the church, church is open. I don't go to parties. I don't go to movies. I don't, you know, I don't go hang out with, with friends. And I go to church. That's what I do. So whether or not I'm saved, I'll put on my clothes and go to church. So I'm not talking about going to church. I'm actually talking about being saved. I'm talking about fulfilling the role um, and the call that God has on your life. Like Paul put it, uh, make your call in an election, sure. That's what I'm talking about. Um, so we are asked to judge. Now, when folks says don't judge me, let, let me not say when folks say, let me say when the Bible says judge not, that you be not judged, it's not talking about the same judge that I'm talking here. It's a completely different word. And I'm not going to even venture to talk about Greek and Hebrew. I'm just going to speak the language that we speak, that, that I'm communicating in English. The, 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 in English, one word can have more than one meaning. So we have to understand the context in which we are speaking. So in Ezekiel 8, verse 17, when it says that we, we, we need to judge the people or judge the situation, it doesn't mean to condemn them. God has never given any man any right to condemn another person. He's not talking about condemning people and, and, and signing them up for hell and resigning them to hell and telling them that they cannot be saved and telling them all sorts of stuff that we, we, we tell people when we, we're not acting in our proper and we're not speaking by the Lord. doesn't mean to condemn at all. I, I firmly believe that while there's life, there's hope. And the only time I'm going to think that somebody is in perdition is if the Lord tells me so. And I'm so glad the Lord has never told me anybody is in perdition because that would be a hard thing for me to look at another human being and thinking that God says you're in perdition. I know Jesus did that. We knew that of Judas and endure it. But that's not something I would want to endure. I wouldn't want to know somebody who's in perdition. So we have to judge. We have to be able to look at a matter and call it as it is. If it's righteousness or if it's transgression or if it's abominable. And we, as son of man, we cannot blind our eyes and pretend. We cannot, you know, sometimes some folks will ask me some questions. And I know they know the answer, and I know they know the truth, but they just want somebody to take responsibility for their transgression and their sin. So they will come and ask you, you know, 
all kind of stuff. So you'll be like Jesus. I didn't read the Bible. You didn't read the scriptures. You didn't read where he said so and so and so. And 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 that's how you deal with that because once you start saying um, what you think outside of the scripture, then somebody's going to attack you. I was in this course once, and this girl, she wasn't properly registered for the course, and she came to class about three days after the course started, and the course was was filled. There was no no extra seat or extra space. But she said if she didn't take that course at that time, she'd have to wait until the next year to graduate. And she really didn't want to hang around just for a whole year, just for that one course. So she was pleading. I don't know if the office had sent her up to come and please the professor, or she just took it upon herself to find out where the class was and came, but she was at the door. And so the professor looked at us and says, um, anybody in this class took any previous class with this lady? And we had all taken class with her um, because that was the final stage of, of schooling. And the professor says, okay, then. I suppose she are your friend. And then we said, yes. He says, okay, so if I don't let her in the course, you are going to think I am a bad professor. But if I let her in the course, the office is going to have my head for having the course overloaded. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave the class for a few minutes. I didn't speak to her. I didn't know she was at the door. I don't know that she's trying to get in the course. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it to you, her friend, what you do with her. So he left. He left the class and was saying, okay, all right, this is, this, is not, this is not good. This is not nice. So eventually we said, okay, I said, you know what, come in the class. We'll rotate seats and make make space for you because we don't want you to we don't want to leave you behind. I don't know why you didn't register for this for your, for this semester, but we don't want to leave you behind. So come in the court. So she came in, and so there was the, the, the classroom had a big window ledge, and so we would take turns sitting on this window ledge, and and, and so that she could sit in the seat sometimes, sit in a seat sometimes. The professor just ignored us and and didn't pay us any attention what we were doing because. We were adults at the time. We weren't little kids. So one day I was sitting on the ledge. She was sitting in my seat, and I'm sitting on the ledge. And she she looked at me, and she says, tell me something. What do you think about lesbians? And I'm concentrating on what I'm doing. I'm concentrating on my work because it was a class in technology, and I'm not a technical person. I have to put on all my energy and strength and my wherewithal to understand and, and to do my assignments. So I'm concentrating with all my might on what I'm doing. And so without holding my head up from my computer, I said, um, those ladies need to get their head and their heart rearranged. And that girl jumped out of me. It was my seat in the first place. She was in. She jumped up, knocked over the chair, and said, you know what's wrong with you Christian people? You Christian people think you're the only one that's holy, and you think you're the only one that deserves to be on the earth, and you think you're the only one that God is talking to. But I, and, she's, and she's coming. She comes towards me. Because when she knocked over the bench, she sort of stumbled with the chair. So she took her a little while to pull herself up. And she's coming towards me with her fist clenched as if she was going to knock me over. So I um, turned from the computer, and I'm looking straight at her because I said, if that girl 
walk over here and take a swing at me. She's going to be so sorry she's in this class. So when a, a few steps from me, one of the other girls said, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? You asked her a question. And, um, and then she stopped. So I just said, sometimes folks will engage you. You're not the one that's engaging them. They will engage you in a conversation because uh, they either want um, an excuse or they want to make you responsible for, for their situation. And if you don't allow them to do that to you, then you become their enemy. So as a son of man, you are going to find yourself in positions like that. But you do have to make a judgment. That means it doesn't mean a condemnation. It means you have to make the qualifications as to what is wrong and what is right. Not according to your own feelings and what you think, but according to the word of God. Now, in secular humanism, it's taught that there is no, no such thing as right and wrong. There is nothing that's absolutely right, nor nothing that's absolutely wrong. And so um, that's the, um, the, the standard that is accepted mainly in our society today. And if God is calling you to be a son of man, at some point in time, try as you might, you can lock yourself in the church building, you don't. You don't witness the people on the street. You don't witness the people at work. And you don't witness the people in your neighborhood. And you don't witness the people at the mall. And you don't witness the people in the coffee shop. You just kind of keep your head straight because you don't want to, 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 to entangle with any, anybody in that sort of way. But if you are being called to be a son, of, a son of man, not just a son of God, a son of man I'm talking about. And as a son of man at some point in time, hallelujah, glory to God, you're going to have to deal with the state of the society in which you live, because it becomes your responsibility to, um, to, 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 to draw the people out of their ignorance, out of apostasy, and set them in the right path. And then you cannot do that without judging. Because if you forget that everything is right, then what's the judge? So you have to, you have to be able to make a judgment, but don't condemn you have to be able to make a judgment and show the pathway to life, but not contempt, not putting anybody in hell. Um, go to God. And if you notice, you notice Jesus with Judas, even although Jesus knew exactly who Judas was and where Judas was going to end up eternally, if you notice Judas, Jesus with Judas, when he was, uh, when they were having the, the last supper, not the Lord's supper. The Lord's supper was initiated after Judas left the room. When the Bible says Satan entered into his heart. But before that point, before the Bible says Satan entered into his heart, we see Jesus setting the stage that if Judas wanted to turn from his, his plan, he could have. Jesus gave him the allowance to turn from his plans. So Jesus went as far as to say, one of you are going to betray me to my knees and the one that I dipped this up and gave to. And I'm saying that if Judas is sitting there and Judas knows that it's him, and he knows, knows that Jesus knows, and I still don't know 
how come he's going to go do it still? Because um, he know, know that Jesus knows from what Jesus said. And he knows the other disciples don't know. Asking, is it I? Is it I? So he knows between him and Jesus. This thing is going on between he and Jesus. Finally, Jesus said to him, okay, then, um, whatever you're going to do, then do it quickly. And then he, he went out at that time. But three times he was attempted when they were at that table to dissuade him from what he was doing. Now, somebody said he couldn't be dissuaded because it was written and it was prophesied had to be that way. And I, I want you to know that it was going to be that way, but had to be that way is because Judas himself was going to let it be that way. It wasn't anybody who put that burden on, on, on Judas. Judas took that up his own self. So yes, I know that God knew from the beginning that it was going to happen that way. God could have written what he wrote. But I don't want you to think that Judas was excluded from fulfilling this role as the son of man, and he had to be the son of perdition. He didn't have to be, but because of his own thoughts, his own ways, his own decisions, his own thoughts, he became and fulfilled that role. And so we have to make certain that we don't kid ourselves and we don't fool ourselves. Hallelujah. We have to judge. First, judge your own self. I first judge my own self. And then after you judge your own self and you're set with the Lord, you've got all your stuff forgiven, and you know that God is sending you on this mission, then you can go boldly and say, thus said God, whether the people like you or they don't like you, whether they make up their face or they don't make up their face, whether they smile with you or they don't smile with you. You will know that you're speaking, but that the Lord. Ezekiel 11, verse 15, and Ezekiel 12, verse 27, and, um, and Ezekiel 12, verse 18. It just lets you know, those verses let you know that, um, just from what I just said, the people that you're going to go minister to, they're in apostasy, they're unbelievers, so it's not going to be easy. Um, before I wrap this all up about the Son of Man, I want to say um, Numbers 23, verse 19. Um, for those of us who might have to answer to controversial um, subjects or thoughts or disputation about being a Son of Man, I, or what the term might mean, being a Son of Man, Numbers 23, verse 19. I'm going to give you a verse that looks very controversial, and then I'm going to explain it. Numbers 23, verse 19, just in case somebody in in you walking and attempting to fulfill your role as a son of man on the earth, somebody might cause you, try to get you to abort your mission with this verse of scripture. Numbers 23, verse 19, it says that God is not a man, nor the son of man. And um, I'm just finished telling you that Jesus Christ, um, everything that, that is exemplified in Ezekiel, Jesus Christ fulfilled all of that. And because Jesus Christ fulfilled all of that, we who are coming after him, we have to fulfill all of that too. And, but Jesus Christ, he taught that he is God manifested in the flesh. So if Jesus Christ is God manifested in the flesh, exactly what does um, 
Numbers 23, verse 19 mean when he says that God is not um, a son of son of man. Um, in the book of um, Genesis, um, you will see the term son of man, son of man, before, um, before we got to Ezekiel. And so I just want you to know that not every time when the Bible says son of man in the Bible, it's a title. When the Bible says son of man, it doesn't mean that you're a male person that was born biologically through um, um, earthly parents. You're a male person um, that was born through biological through male, you're, you're, you're an offspring, a male offspring. So you are a son, and um, your species is mankind, so you're a son of man. Not by title, by species, and by birth, you're a son of man. The term son of man, as it is seen in Ezekiel and Daniel, and in the Gospels, um, only Ezekiel and Daniel and Jesus Christ, that, that term was <laughs> signified in the Bible. Uh, it, it is a title. It, it doesn't mean that they're, they're biological male offspring of human beings. That's their title. That's their title in the kingdom of God, according to the work that they had to do. So um, when you're reading, you do have to understand the context in which you're reading and, and make sure that you don't think the Bible contradicts itself or that the Bible is trying to give you more than you can um, you can handle. Okay? So son of man, son of man in the scriptures, you will see it at times. It just simply means um, somebody who is a male person biologically and that you have it as the as a title of sonship in the kingdom in the kingdom of God where you have to work this difficult position. I think of all the roles of son and I told you previously that all the roles of sonship that Jesus fulfilled, we in the church, in the church requires a full those same sonship. Now under the old covenant, not everybody was was um not everybody was called to fulfill each and every role of the Son of God. We have different people fulfilling different roles and we have Ezekiel and Daniel fulfilling the role of Son of Man um before Jesus before Jesus came. But in the church, each child of God is required to fulfill each and every role that Jesus Christ um fulfilled. Maybe not all the time, but at some point in time while you're walking with the Lord, um, you are going to be called upon to fulfill each role. And so this role as the son of man, you see that it is a very difficult role. Hallelujah, glory to God. And I'm going to suggest to you that um, you do you set aside some time to lock yourself away with the Lord and ask him to prepare you to fulfill this role. Because number one, if the Lord does send you out, you don't want to condemn anybody. And if you refuse to go, because it's a difficult assignment, you don't want to disobey God. You want to be able to obey God, and you need to be able to go, and get your assignment done and return back to God. Let me just recap very quickly. As a son of man, you need to have the ability to see visions. 
And if you think seeing vision is some special gift, exclusive to some special people in the church, no, as sons of God, we're all required. We're all required to be able to see visions. And not visions of just earthly things. You need to see visions of heavenly things. Um, God works through you to show you mysteries of the kingdom and to show you what is needed in the society amongst men to get the church to be relevant and valid. And um, if we don't know how to do that, we'll just be guessing. And we don't want to be guessing in these dangerous times that we live in. We need people who can really see and really know what God is saying and know and really at the place because their, their, their account and their business with God is in right standing. They're at the place where they could come and draw, draw me out or draw somebody else out, uh, even to the point if you need to um, judge a matter or judge an action of mine or judge uh, uh, an attitude or a word of mine to be sinful and that will lead to abomination. You're able to say that to me. Not condemningly, but you're able to say to me, love, because you're, you're, you're reconciling me unto God. You're saving me. You need to have vision, even if you're in a bad situation, because when Ezekiel got the situation of Israel in captivity, so even if you're in a bad physical situation, that should not stop you from doing. Even if you have no money in your bank account, even if you have one suit, you have no car, you got to walk, you got to beg people ride. Um, glory to God. That doesn't stop the Lord from working this difficult um, position of sonship um, through you. As a son, of, um, a son of man, you are a priest. You know, reverend and major kings and priests, as, as, as a son of man, you're fulfilling the role of the priest, and the hand of the Lord has to be upon you as, as the priest. Glory to God. As a son of man, you have to be led by the Spirit, and you have to house the Spirit of God. You have to be the host or house the Spirit of God in you. Glory to God. Um, you have to be able to recognize the voice of God. That's Ezekiel 1.24. You have to be able to know the voice of God and recognize the voice of God and understand what God says to you when he speaks to you. Um, you have to be able to see the glory of God. You have to be a natural worshiper. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Son of man, you better be a natural worshiper. And you have to be able to see the glory of God. Hallelujah. You, you have to be able to speak with God directly, face to face, like God says something and you say something back. Hallelujah. As a son of man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You have to be able to speak with God. Hallelujah. If you cannot speak with God, then you, you won't be able to know if what you're saying to the people is, is what God wants the people to hear at the time. And you have to tell them what God wants them because they're not your people. They're God's people. And it's God who has to reconcile them. God is the simple work in this office that he calls the Son of Man through you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And according to the vision in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 1, the first, the first three verses of Ezekiel chapter 1, according to that vision, it tells you that as a Son of Man, you have to function on two different levels at the same time. 
can function vertically. That means in direct relationship with God, and you have to function horizontally. Um, it means in direct relationship with man. And God and man have different needs. So that's why I says it's a very paradoxical position. It's a very hard friendship to fulfill. It's much easier to fulfill um, the position of son of God, which is where I'm heading um, after this. Um, it's much easier to fulfill the position of son of God. Son of man is a very hard position. It means that you were born on the earth for man. You're in the church for man. When God is fulfilling this role in you, it's directly for the benefit of man. Men who might not appreciate your ministry to them, might not appreciate your role, might not appreciate your office. Men who might talk bad behind your back and smile in front of your face. But nonetheless, you have to love them and you have to feel their pain and you have to feel their sorrow and you have to take it as your own. And you have to feel the burden of your sin and their abomination and take it as your own. Um, you can't say, why should I care? You care because you're the son of man. And you're the one who can find the door. And you're the one who can deliver the message right, rightly, 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 that God is still available to save and deliver. And that we've been in this way long enough. We've been in sin long enough. We've been in apostasy long enough. We've been um, lagging behind long enough. It is time now to get up and go. The Son of God needs to be bold and fearless. Um, glory to God. The Son of God needs to be firm, yet tender. Hallelujah. Only God can work those um, different directional operations in you at the same time. Only, only, only by the Spirit of God you can be moving vertically and horizontally at the same time. Now go back and read Ezekiel chapter 1 again and just look at how those creatures, those creatures function. And they went straight forward, the Bible, because they didn't turn. Uh, as a son of man, you're not allowed to turn. You have to go straight forward. You can only do that by the Spirit of the Lord. So tonight I just want to um, impress on you that as a member of the body of Christ, this office of sonship has been lying dormant too long. And that is why now the church today, I can boldly say it, is looking like our Israel look in the time of Ezekiel. The church today is looking as how the children of Israel looked in the time of Ezekiel, in captivity, in bondage in apostasy, but we're still going through the emotions of going to church every Sunday. We still put on our clothes and we still go and do the church thing. We have an order of service. We open, we do consecration prayer, we do praise and worship, we collect offering, and then we listen to this dynamic message, and we walk out of the building and nothing changed. The church today is in apostasy, and tonight the Lord is saying that we need to resurrect this office of the Son of Man. Hallelujah, glory to God. And if we don't answer this call, Amen. Amen. we're going to be in trouble with the Lord. Yes. We don't want to be in trouble with men because we want to be accepted. Uh, we want yeah. men to say nice things about us. We want people to say how we preach good and how we sound good and how we look good and uh, how we smell good. We want to uh, be everybody's friend. 
We don't want anybody to say anything negative about us. But the world is in a very dreadful state. And the church needs to resurrect the office of the Son of Man that we can hear what God is saying and we can deliver it to the people and draw the people out. We will first um, reconcile the church. Those Mm -hmm. of us who are already saved. See, I keep Mm -hmm. wondering that we are saved. The children of Israel mm-hmm. were the children of Israel. Even when they were in apostasy and captivity, they were still the children of Israel. Hallelujah. We are still saved. Amen. But we're not fulfilling the role yeah, that is needed to fulfill, to bring, to bring men into conviction of sin mm-hmm. and abomination and yeah. get the, the church to even um, direct the the political government mm. that we live under. So, saints of God, I hope you were taking note. The son of the son, the son of man, the role of the son of man is a very hard role to fulfill. Mm-hmm. You have to be in, you have to be in, in direct relationship and intimacy and fellowship with God, and at the same time. Um, Mercy. Being able to reach to reach the society, to reach mankind, and the two are opposing forces. But mm. you have to be able to function on the vertical and or and the horizontal at the same time. Now, the spirit of the Lord is He's the one that's leading. As Ezekiel was successful in his mission to fulfill the role of the Son of Man, you too will be successful. But you have to be led by the Spirit of God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I hope I didn't confuse you, and I hope I did um, lay it out straight and encourage you to inquire of the Lord, how do I fulfill this role as a man in the church today? In Jesus' name. God bless you all for listening. And um, Minister Burton, God yeah. you. Awesome Amen. Father God, right now, watch me, your son's precious blood, forgive my sins, these thoughts and actions. Anything not of you are doing to repent, Father God. Father God, lift the village of your Malcolm up to you, Father God. Father God, we thank you for the lesson tonight, O oh Lord. And allow that, that everything that she's poured out, Father God, that you will pour back into her, Father God. And Father God, right now, we thank you for sealing this lesson upon our hearts and leading us to further study after this lesson is over. And again, Father God, we thank you and we bless you. And we pray this prayer in no other name but your son's name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to open, amen, I'm going to open up the line for comments, questions, and feedback, amen? Hello? The line Hello. is open for your comments and your questions. Good night, everyone. Good night, Elder June. Good night, my brothers. I just want to say that, um, Elder June, you touched on a, a um, a few topics that um that were bothering that was bothering me and I, and it cleared it up because you know when um at one point you said that someone asked you a question to pull you in so they can um they can get you to know where you are or or um or to get just to get you to see what your feedback is and and we wise and I thank you tonight because it happened to me 
And I didn't say anything, and I said, I know that seemed like a setup. Yeah. And um, you said that we, as 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 leaders in the church, there's a certain standard that that God set for us, and it's like we're just dressing up, going to church, and doing the ritual, the same old, same old um, congregational hymn, and you know, and 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 the same thing. Nothing yeah. has changed, and because of that, the church is so stagnant that they think that. You know, people just think that they don't take they don't take God serious anymore. It's just no, another no, no. Sunday, and I thank you for the, you know for confirmation tonight because my spirit is really really upset, and I'm watching pastors and ministers, um, um, deacons and leaders in the church. They 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 get married. They get divorced right in the church. Nobody in the church or people out side of the church and they're right there with their collar and and they just keep going and and as you said don't judge it's so hard but i thank god for you tonight you know and i'll just continue praying because when you see it you know when you hear about it and you don't know the people it's different but when you see it Yep. And you yep. see it happening right before yeah, your people. eyes. It's like, God, help me not to judge. Because, you know, we all have our other things that we, we have to deal with. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I think I think the standard is really, really watering down. And, and we need to start to, to talk to the pastors and leaders. Not that they're going to listen because it's not like they don't know. Um, we just have to, I guess we have to pray. So I yeah. thank you for your teaching tonight. It's, it's, it's something that, that, um, that bothers me and I see it and I'm just praying that God will help our brothers and sisters, each and every one of us, you know, that we can seek God for direction in our personal life one-on-one because we need, we need to change. God bless you, woman of God. God bless you, everyone. God bless you. Praise God. Yes, we do need a change. Yep. <clears throat> a real, real change. Amen. Amen. The line is still open for your comments, questions, and feedback. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can you hear me? Praise the Lord. Oh, I can yes, hear praise you. The, we hear you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hello, June. Um, greeting to everyone. I'm just uh, thanking God tonight that I actually... Oh, nice to hear you. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Yes, it's so nice to hear you. Wow, <laughs> thank you. Um, uh, it was good to come on tonight just to, you know, just to hear the Word of God being taught tonight. Um, and I listen keenly, and you're rightfully you know, um, said it where, um, you know, um, in the churches today, there's so many um, things uh, that uh, is happening where you know it is wrong. And Mm -hmm. if you actually say something, um, the first thing um, um, others like to draw the scripture, judge not uh, that he may not be judged. And I I was saying, 
they're taking it out of context because um, if someone done something that is wrong, um, we should be able to, you know, um, point that out to the individual, not to condemn them, the individual, but to on the right path with the Lord. And so many times, you know, they use that that scripture and uh, in the churches today that, um, you know, it's not like before where, you know, if you have done something wrong, they would uh, discipline you. They will, uh, you know, put you to sit, uh, you know. Um, there's a consequence for everything that, uh, that anyone uh, is doing that is wrong. And as I was listening to you, um, my thought just uh, went back uh, in the world where we have judges when someone right. commits a a crime, um, you know, they take you, they they, they charge you, they bring you before a judge, and a judge is going to decide whether or not you're guilty or you're you're not guilty. And if you're guilty, consequences for the wrongdoing. Now, if the world, you know, is judging when someone, you know, done something that is wrong, what about in the church today? The and church, I realize yes. in the today there's no 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 rule. Anyone can do anything, and whenever time you try to correct, they actually is they gonna they they, they want to kill you. They That's want right. to let it seem as if the problem something is wrong with you. That's you know, right. and I realize that we're. You know, as a child of God, we're going to have to stand up firm. Um, we're not going to be like, you know, because once you stand for the right thing, nobody likes you because they're mm-hmm. looking at uh, you're acting as if you're righteous more than anyone else. And, and uh, it's not a you're righteous than anyone, but righteousness uh, is when you're doing the right thing. Uh, Am I correct? Righteousness comes when you do the right thing. So if you're not doing the right right thing, then something is wrong. Mm -hmm. So I realize that today that um, it it, it is very difficult uh, um, in the church today where, um, you know, everyone is saying that uh, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling Everyone just using the scripture to satisfy their own self. Where don't correct anyone. No one is trying to help anyone to 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 make it be holy in the way in the right way. And uh, I'm That's so right. glad tonight just listening to you, Ella Junior. May God continue to bless you. Um, you know, I, I, I was just listening. I said, Lord, I thank you. Thank you to hear the word tonight because, uh, you know, um, every, you can't even rebuke anyone today. You can't okay. rebuke anyone. You know, like, <laughs> I remember once, um, um, uh, I don't want to take up too many, too much of the time, but I, I remember once there was a, 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 a elder right at the halter, 
He tamed yes. me, and I rebuke him. I say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke and say, oh, you can't uh, uh, rebuke an elder. Of course you can. Are you kidding? <laughs> Why not? And I'm saying, and he will, excuse you. Yeah, I, I am rebuking the spirit that is manifest in you. So I said, I rebuke you. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit. And it's just, oh, you cannot re- um, rebuke an elder. So I realize that people's behavior today is, uh, is so ungodly. They don't care where, no reverent anymore in the house of God. They walk and they do any and anything. But we that know the right, uh, we're not going to be like. Uh, I was thinking the other day, and I was saying to someone, I feel like I'm a loner, but that's okay because Ezekiel was a loner. You know, uh, I'm a loner because I'm going to stand for the right thing. You know, may God continue. May God use you. May God continue to pour more and more knowledge in you so you can teach the people of God. God bless you. Love you all in Jesus' name. God bless you, Apostle. All right. Uh, that's so true. Mm. Enough, enough. Mm. Glory to God. Mm. Minister Lashana? Yes. Amen. Hello? Yeah. Praise the Lord. You still on? Amen. A lot um Amen. Amen. Uh the line again is open for uh we can take one more qu- uh question, comment and feedback. Amen. Mm-hmm. I, I um, think I just wanna add to that. If I if this is Mary, if I can add to what that lady just said before. Hello? Yeah, I know. I'm thinking what she said. um, You know, if you say truth, if you speak the truth, because there's so much of this political correctness in in society, and it's creeped its way into the church. And if you say truth, you're actually being accused of hating. You know, you're you're you're, it's a it's a it's a what they call it. Not a hate crime, but it's a hate. Forgot what they call, but you're 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 in hate. You're not loving somebody, and it, it's just you have no you have no tolerance. You're intolerable. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I mean, you know, if you have a little child and um, the 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 kid his hands on a, on the hot stove, you're gonna rebuke him because you love him. If he doesn't listen, you're gonna get get you know have a stronger, firmer hand because you don't want him to hurt himself. So it's the same thing when you rebuke or you correct. You know, as long as it's done in the spirit of God, whether it's gentle or whether it's firm, however the spirit of the Lord is leading you, you're doing that because you love somebody. And the world is so twisted today that they they see that as hate. I mean, I've been accused of that. And it, it is a lonely walk because if you speak truth, uh, you will be hated for that. It's it's really something. I mean, that's the, that's the case anyhow because that's what Jesus said, if the world hate you would know that it i'm not i don't know the exact words but it hated me first so that's right. but it's 
worse today. It's sin is just being magnified so much more so that, you know, and, and again, the church is compromised. It's really compromised. I really, you know, speaking personally, I, I really hate going to church sometimes because, you know, um, you could just, you know, I, I see things and, and people just not, have, they have no reverence for God. And if you don't have reverence for God, the Holy Spirit's not going to be there. And people get, that's when they, they fall into all these religious works. And that, you know, what do, do good, feel good, make me feel good, make me, make me, you know, love me and all this other kind of nonsense. So it's just, a, it's really a, a, the, uh, what she say in the beginning, I, I, she said it's so deep, June. Uh, um, um, but she said to put, I think, about getting to the root of the issue. And once you get That's to the right. root, you have to get to the root because the, the otherwise it's a spoiled tree and you can't eat off that tree. You know, it's spoiled fruit and you'll get sick. You get spiritually sick. So you have to get to that root and, you know, take it out from there so that this fertile soil, you know, that the spirit of the Lord can convict a, a ministry or a person. And so that the soil is made fertile again after repentance, to actually have the word, uncompromised word of God, be planted and have it grow up into a full tree so people can eat from it and really be blessed and grow from that, you know? Um, so I, I just know, I just wanted to, how do you say, piggyback on what the what the lady was saying, but it's true, and it's just, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> but that, that's it. Thank you, Elder June. I always enjoy listening to you when I get a chance on Monday night. You're so very deep, and <laughs> I hope I got it. Thank you. God bless you, Sister Mary. Um, I have a question, and I don't want anybody to answer me. I, I, I'm not looking for an answer, but I have a question um, for everybody, um, you know, especially those who have commented. Um, my question is... Okay, okay, first um, a comment. Um, I've heard, I listen carefully, and I've heard um, folks talking about, you know, um, you're not able to correct anybody in the church, and, um, you know, because, uh, you know, they're going to say that you're judging and, and all that sort of stuff, okay? Um, my question is, do you actually speak to anyone in the church that you think is out of order in whatever fashion? Don't answer me, please. Do you actually speak to people, or do you make the assumption that they are going to say that you're judging them? Um, do you base your um, your opinion on personal experience what you've heard because somebody else spoke to them, um, or you're just making that assumption because of the world that we're living in today. Like I said, please don't answer. Um, please think about it, you know, and um, and then uh, base the next time that you believe that you need to correct somebody in the church. Um, remember the question that I've asked tonight. Is it, um, you know, is it, is, um, are your actions based on um, your thoughts, feelings, or what you know for a fact that if you speak to somebody, they are going to react a certain way? Now, um, my next comment. Um, some time ago, um, one of the members of um, ladies' group came to service on a Saturday, and um, this was in the height of summer, so it was very hot. 
And lovely lady, I love her. Love her. She's just, you know, she's a wonderful person. But she came in what I believe was um, a shirt, not a dress. And I asked her, you know, um, where's the rest of her dress? I did. I said, where's the rest of your dress? I said, you know, um, was there not enough material to finish the dress? Because it's missing a whole lot. I'm seeing too much. And um, I, I did receive a response such as, you know, um, you know, other people, and I can't say because Ella June is on the line, um, other people wouldn't have a problem with them because they're allowed to come to church with what they have. Um, yeah. Right? But yeah. I, um, I, it didn't matter to me, you know, what somebody else how somebody else would feel about this um, woman. She's not a young girl. She's a woman um, walking in church, showing me all her thigh. And, you know, and when she sits down, I can see straight up, you know, her dress. So I ask her, where's the rest of her dress? Okay. Yeah. Um, I have another, another young lady that I love very much. And sometimes the dresses are too tight and too short. And I do the same thing. I ask. Where's the rest of your clothes? Or I will go and get a scarf or my prayer shawl or whatever, you know, um, to cover her up. So oftentimes, you know, we see things and we just automatically make an assumption that, you know, we're going to be looked at as being judged. So we do nothing or say nothing about it um, where, you know, the mothers, especially the mothers of the church, the mothers of the church need to wake up, in my opinion. Yeah. We need to wake up and, you know, get back to being mothers and stop thinking about what, you know, what they're going to say. Some of these, um, you know, young people, middle-aged, you know, um, they don't know any better. Some people are just coming in the church, and, yes, you're going to allow the Holy Spirit you know, to, to lead them, guide them, and change them. How, um, however, you know, us, the mothers, and I can call myself a mother because I'm almost a grandmother, um, you know, we can, we can help them. And God, that's why God placed us in the church, you know. We're there to help the younger, the younger ones, whether younger in age or younger in, in, um, in their walk with God. We're there yeah. to help them. And so, you know, we, we need to have a spirit of boldness and stop, you know, thinking about whether or not, uh, you know, we're going to be accused of something and just do what God has placed us in the church to do. So that's my comment question, but I'm not looking for an answer. God bless you. Um, God bless you, um, Elder June. Again, another awesome study. Um, I actually have notes um, tonight that uh, I'm going to go back and read all these scriptures that you've given us um, in Ezekiel. I do like Ezekiel um, because, you know, he's a prophet. <laughs> he sees um, you know, and I'm weird like him, so I like him. And um, I thank you. I thank you for um, tonight's study as usual. God bless you. Um, Pastor, I remember once before we had um, um, a dress down day, you used to call it that church, dress down day, right? Mm-hmm. And then this, this young lady came to church in an altar top and a short. Mm-hmm. And I said, where do you think you're going just like that? Mm-hmm. But you all declare dress down day. I say, yes, dress down, not naked. Go, mm-hmm. go home and put on your clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to. Dress down. 
done this. He's naked. Please go home. You're a mother. Go home and put on clothes. Right? And don't ever come back to the house of God looking like that again. You know, her, her appearance was so shocking. I, I think that day, even if we didn't want to say anything, mm-hmm. we had to say something. Yeah. Where's your clothes? Yeah. But tell the June. But tell the June it is just a week. <laughs> it is it is called just a week. <laughs> so that's why she came like that because it's just a it's, it's it's ridiculous, but um, um, you know, and you know, I, I thank God for the voice of the mothers that I hear on the phone tonight. Um, it it really is time for us to take back, um, you know, that stand in the church, um, where you know, no matter and 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 the young the younger the younger generation that's coming in the church, and I'm and I can say that because I've been in the church since I was a teenager, and I'm now 52 years old, so I can say the younger generation. Um, that they're coming in, and they're you know it, it, they're dif- they're different generation. They have different socialization and 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 all that. But the, you know what? Um, decency and order is still decency and order. And even yeah. though they have um, you know different views and different ways of looking at things, um, you know we can then um, you know like Elder Junior, you've been teaching us to talk to God, ask God you know uh, for certain things. We can ask God to give us the wisdom wisdom as to the type of language to use with them, um, you know, to get them to that place of decency and order. Because, you know, I, I don't like, you know, Bishop, Bishop once said, you know, in, in, a, in a members meeting that he does not like looking down and seeing, you know, the tight up skirts and, and, and people's breasts, you know, falling out of their clothes. Neither do I. I, you know, I, I find it very uncomfortable um, seeing ladies walking around, um, you know, as if, you know, they're in, in the nightclub. Maybe they don't have anything else. And as Bishop, you know, says, you know, maybe take them to the store and get them something else. But chances are they do have something else. But because they think that it's okay, they do that. And yeah. until, um, you know, the mothers um, of the church, um, you know, let them know, um, no, it's not okay. Um, it's it's all right to hide what you have because, you know, say, you know what, ladies? Hiding, hiding actually makes you more appealing to men, but they don't know that. And if we teach that, if we teach that, you know, then you know, perhaps if they, if what they're, if they're putting on some clothes because they're trying to 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 get the attraction, you know, to to, to trap or attract a man, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps if we teach them that hiding what they have make them more attractive, maybe they'll cover up. You know, maybe they will cover up because, you know, they're going about it the wrong, they're going about it the wrong way. And, and yeah, we need to teach them, don't come to church to try to trap no man. You come to church to draw closer and get, a, you know, learn more about the God, about the Jesus that you've accepted. But, you know, like I said, we just, you know, we, we, we need to take our rightful places um, as the mothers. Activate that sunship. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the fashion that, a lot of women, even the older women, um, are wearing these days. I think it's in the past days when they were young, and they're just afraid to give up on this, this thought that they're getting older. Mm-hmm. And so they go back to these styles that they used to wear when they were eight years old. And it looked ridiculous to me yeah. to see a 50-year-old woman in a, a, a style for an eight-year-old. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like, no matter what their physical shape might be, they do get themselves squeezed into these little dresses. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's because they are afraid to think that I'm getting older and they want to hang on to that thought that I am young. Mm. So they, they wear those clothes to say I am a young person, you know, like Yeah, Elder John, believe it or not, I've had ladies at um G H R M tell me tell me that I'm old fashioned because I wear slip. Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. They 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 told me that I'm all you know, that I'm old fashioned and that I should go and get those tights. Um, to wear under, um, under you know, and and if I go and get a pair of tights, I'm still going to wear my slip. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm still going to wear my slip. But yeah, I've been told I've been told that I'm old fashioned because I wear a slip. <laughs> you see, you see how bold these guys are because in your role as a pastor, you're the one who's supposed to be doing the correcting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, see the role. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. No, no respect for your office. No. Maybe I'm yeah. old here, but excuse me, this is Sister Lashana. Maybe I'm a little old here, but uh, <laughs> you can use depending on the dress you have. You have to depending on there are certain dresses now. The dresses I buy have the slip built in, but if your dress does not have a slip built in, more than likely you need to wear either a slip or a half slip. <laughs> With with the fabrication these days, it's not like manufacturers are spending much money to use linen. Yeah. They use the slow clinging, this spandex material. So maybe I'm just missing the boat. Maybe I'm missing the boat on this one because um, most of the dresses, because I'll go look at my closet right now, I'll buy a dress that either has some type of slip yeah, it's slip built in, or yeah. I mean, because like, or if it doesn't have the slip big built in, they're thick enough that if I did put on, I would probably put on a half slip just for the sake of not showing um, if my um, undergarment, such as my uh, support wear, translates spanks and everything else, ain't. I don't want to show the print. Oh. <laughs> um, Minister LaShawna, remember, um, you've been in the ministry long enough. Remember when I used to teach um, to check yourself before you leave the house? Yeah, there you, mm-hmm. um, you know, check. If you kneel at the altar, is the pastor going to see down, down, you know, the front of your, your, your dress? Um, if you kneel at the altar, or if you go to the altar and you put you put your hand up, is anything is you know anything going to be revealed? Um, you know, stand in front of a mirror um, with the light and see. You know, is somebody going to see you know stuff underneath your dress? Um, you know, um, all of those sort of things. And and you know what? And I remember one Sunday I went to church and I I had no I I did not to be honest I did not do a check. And God would, you know, God knows how to keep us in check. I didn't do a check, and um, I was wearing, it was in the summer, I was wearing a very thin dress. I was wearing a slip. I was wearing a slip under my arm. uh, under my dress, the dress is li- the dress is lined. As a matter of fact, since that Sunday, I threw that dre- I threw that dress out. Um, the dress is lined, and I was wearing a slip. But because of the thin material 
um, you know, it's not an expensive dress. It's a very old dress, but the, um, the, the material was thin. Well, you know, it would ha- so it would happen. My bishop decided to call me to do something. I think to close uh, to close the service, and I'm up there, um, you know, closing service, and thank God, mm-hmm. Apostle Sandria Mitchell came to church that day, because unbeknownst to me, are there any men on the line? No, there are no men tonight. You could see my nipples. Oh. I had on my bra, I had on a slip, and the the suit, dress, it's a two-piece, it was lined. But you could see my nipples. I thank God for her. She pointed it out to me. After church, she said, I'm your friend, and I'm going to tell you. And I, I'm, I was very grateful because I don't ever want to put myself in the position again. I, I, I came home, and I threw the dress out. Mm. I threw it, I'm like, I'm, no, 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 I can't, I can't afford that. When I was getting dressed, you couldn't see anything. But, you know, with the AC on in the church, you get cold, you know. But nevertheless, we've, you know, we have to check. We check ourselves. We make sure that, you know, before we leave the house, um, you know, is there any chance that anything is going to happen? And believe me, since that Sunday, um, I've not had that problem because I make sure that everything is covered up. Everything. Yes. We have to check ourselves. I was wearing a decent dress, you know, um, three-quarter sleeves, long skirt all the way down. But because of the thin material and the AC in the church, you could see them. (laughs) And I teach that you got to hide them. And there I was showing them, doing the altar call. Mm -mm. Out of order. Very out of order. And that's one of the reasons why I said, check yourself. Bring your star. Check yourself. So I do the stand-up thing. I even go to my husband, you know. I have on my, you know, my slip and stuff. I said, okay, can you see Can you see anything, you know. I make sure that I check. And I have a wonderful husband. I thank God for him. I really do. If I put something on and it's too low, he'll ask me, where do you think you're going like that? And I'll, you know, I'll check. I'm like, okay, if you can see something, that means it's too low. And I'll go and I'll put a camisole or I'll change the jacket. Okay. We gotta set lead by example. Mm. Modesty. Can't mm. go telling them to um something with all of your body outside. So. Yeah, modesty. When you sit down, you shouldn't have to be worried about a lap cloth. That is true. Well, we have to resurrect the office of the son, the son of man. Yes, ma'am. I agree. Arise. <laughs> we are there to serve the community, the, the church, and the community. Whether they will hear our forebear. <laughs> it's not a very, it's not a very enticing position. <laughs> I guess I was just happy to go to a church. I could wear pants. I, I think that was just it for me. I mean, <laughs> I'm simple. Mm. I was so happy not to wear a dress. So when I see people wearing, well, I've never really paid attention because I go in, I, I've really never paid attention. So I guess now I will pay more attention. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, are there any uh, comments or any more questions about the lesson before we close? 
Amen. Amen. Are there any prayer requests before we close? I am I am asking prayer for um a young missionary in our church in Hamilton. Her name is um Christine. Um she's diagnosed with cancer. And um we're asking for healing for her. Um cancer where um Elijah? Do you know? I think, in, I think it's in her breast and her colon. Do you know how um what stage? No, I don't know what stage. I'm going to have to get the details on it. Okay, could you do me a favor and just give her my number? Yes, I'll do that. Thank you. If it's in two places, it's probably a stage four. Yes, I think it's in two places, it's stage four. And also there's another sister by name of Yvonne. She had cancer before and... um. She was healed of it, but they said that last week the doctor said he saw something. So I'm going to have to go and speak with them personally. Mm. But um, Christine is already undergoing chemo. So please, um, please pray. Can we just ask an evangelist, a young evangelist there oh. from cancer? And, from cancer, we don't want another death. Amen. Are there any uh any more prayer requests? Amen. Amen. Father God, right now, watch me, your son's precious blood. Forgive me of my sins, these thoughts and actions. Anything that's not of you, I do honestly repent. And I receive your forgiveness in no other name but the Son's name of Jesus. You are our Father, our El Shaddai, our Elohim, and we give you praise tonight, Father God. Father God, we are thank you because you are Jehovah Rapha. You are our healer, Father God. And Father God, right now, I lift up this line to you, Father God. Father God, right now, I just give you praise. We thank you for the lesson that has happened tonight, Father God, that we you instill this upon our hearts, Father God. I thank you right now, Father God, for every I lift up everyone on this line and their petitions unto you, Father God. You see and you know the the, unspoken, the spoken ones and the unspoken ones, Father God. And, Father God, if we want to say, let it be thy will tonight, Father God, your will in their lives, Father God. And we thank you for the answers of the answers of their prayers, Father God. And right now, Father God, we lift up Christina Yvonne up to you, Father God. Yes, Father Lord. God, right now, Father God, right now. We come to you and we lift them up to you, Father God. We lift their spirits up to you, Father God. Father God, what has ever taken place, Father God, we're standing in the gap. We're standing in the gap for their healing right now in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And Father God, right now, um, we speak to their bodies right now, Father God. And we command that spirit, we command that that spirit of cancer to leave their bodies and go straight to the pit of hell. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke it now, Father God, because that is not what the Holy Spirit is. That is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And no pestilence or disease shall be in it, Father God. And we speak to their bodies right now, Father God. And we command that cancer to come out now and go straight to the pit of hell in the, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. We command Hallelujah. every prison to dissolve and die. We Thank command you, every, Jesus. Every, every, Thank you, every cell 
that should have programmed death and die according to where you have first ordained that particular cell. We command it to die now in the name of Jesus. And we speak life. We suck life to her breast tissue that the normal cells will start coming back from God. In the name of Jesus, yes, Lord. Whatever, Whatever can attend to her lymph nodes, Father God. We command it to leave her lymph nodes and the traveling spaces in her blood. Father God, we command those all to dissolve right now and to leave her body now and never to return and go straight to the pit of hell now in the name of Jesus. And right now, Father God, we speak life to her immune system. We speak life to her T cell count. We still life to the white blood cell count. We speak life and oxygen to her red blood cell, Father God. Oh, command the age balance of their bodies now go back according to normal in the name of Jesus. Right now, their bodies in the acidic state, and we command it to go down to the state that you want it to be in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, right now we're speaking life to every single... Every single part of her body that's needing oxygen and pure blood. Blood, we ask them for your son to give a blood transfusion to both of them now in the name of Jesus. To clear out and wipe out the pestilence, oh Lord. And right now, right now, right now, Father God. Oh, Father God, we ask you those who are going through chemo, those we have spoken and those we're knowing in the while we're now, right now, Father God, we ask you to build up their immune system, huh? Because what chemo mm-hmm. does, it kills everything in sight. Huh? So God, I ask you right now to build their strength and their immune system now in the name of Jesus. Flush out their blood of that pestilence mm-hmm. now in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father God, Father God, we speak to everyone's bodies on the line, Father God. We command that spirit of unforgiveness because we're standing in the gap. So, Father God, we're standing in the gap for everything. Oh, would they help lead them to unforgiveness and lead them to the forgiveness in those areas of unforgiveness now in the name of Jesus. Father God, lead them to the place to take and dissolve the offenses now where these diseases have said they are holding the lay to these claims to these people now. In the name of Jesus, we break every generational and word curse that has happened that has caused these diseases and pests to run amok now in the mm-hmm. name of Jesus. Right now, right now, right now, right now, mm-hmm. right now, right now, we thank you right now. We thank you oh, right no. now for what you're doing and what's about to happen. Hallelujah. We thank you for pure blood, pure and new blood for them, Father God. Father God, we want the lab technician. We need the pathologist and the oncologist. Bless them with the hands and the research. But show them, Lord, that you are God Almighty and all by yourself. Oh, God, we thank you right now. Oh, we thank you right now, and we bless you right now. And, Father God, we want right now, we are asking all these bodies to be sealed. We're putting this under the blood of Jesus, and the bodies to be sealed. Because we are not saying, we. because once you heal, you heal. Oh, we're not taking no threats of coming back. Because once you heal, you heal, Father God. Your gifts come without reproach, Father God. You're not going to take back their healing, Father God. 
Father God, Father God, we just know to tell the enemy to stand down and flee tonight. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. We thank you right now, and we bless you right now, and we praise you right now. I lift Hallelujah. up the simple words ministry unto you tonight, Father God. Yes, oh, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God. I lift up our country, United States of America, to you, Father God. Oh, God. We need your help, oh, Lord. We God, God, help, I Lord. ask you to come the spirit of offense on this land and dissolve this offense right now in the name of Jesus. So we're going to stand in the gap for every offended person, every offended child. Every time we break the offense down in the name of Jesus. We're not giving the enemy legal claim to this country at all in the name of Jesus. Because this country is not of his. We tell him to stand down and flee. Oh, now in the name of Jesus. Right now, right now, we got groups of people that are offended. Father God, Hallelujah. I ask you, I ask you to soften their hearts so they shall oh, be healed. Soften their hearts right now so they shall heal and they be yes, able Lord. to forgive now in Hallelujah. the name of Jesus. Father yes, God, Jesus. Father God, our country, my country needs you right now. Oh, mm. right now because too many people are angry. Too many people are offended. Thank you, Lord. 
We oh, give you praise. And, we pray, and I pray this prayer in no other name. Oh, in the Jesus. name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 So, everyone, I would say good evening or usually good night. And as we leave, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And Lord lift his face towards you and give you peace. Believe with God's angels, everyone. Good night. Amen. Good night, everyone. Good night. Amen. Good night, Good night. everyone. Love you guys. Good night. Good night. Blessings and on. Goodbye. Good night.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.